baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Okay, that's the trailer of the uh, fall of Minneapolis produced by Alpha News, uh, right-leaning uh, news outlet in the Twin Cities and former WCCO-TV uh, reporter and anchor Liz Collin, mm-hmm. who also briefly used to you know, fill in here. Mm-hmm. Oh, she did? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know she that. did shows uh, here. Um, and it very, very it hit around just before Thanksgiving. Um, probably good time because it gets mm-hmm. folks who are sitting at home on Thanksgiving and family members talking about uh, this documentary. Mm-hmm. And I had at least three different people over Thanksgiving holiday come up and ask me if I've seen really? it. Really? Oh, yeah. In very different uh, settings. And three more than that. And asking me about it, and I had not seen it. I'd seen, like, people sharing. I also saw people sharing it on Facebook. Must watch. you got to watch this. you got to watch really? this. Right. And it's easy to say, okay, Liz Collin, she's married to Bob Kroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got an axe to grind. He's got an axe to grind. Mm-hmm. She also had a book called They're Lying about mm-hmm. what the media. And Allegedly won't tell you. What the media won't tell you, what the politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy to say, oh, I'm not going to watch that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, which is why we talked about this and said, you know, we should watch it. Yes. Absolutely. Right? I, I really have no interest in it, but um, I was in, I, I liked Liz when she was on the air mm-hmm. I, I, as a person. Um, she, I wanted to see what they were doing. And if they're claiming, like, well, I'm the media. You're the media, right. Adam. If they're claiming. More so now, more so then than I was now. So when yeah. George Floyd, when he was killed, mm-hmm. the, the trial, I was still in the newsroom. Right. And I right. covered that trial mm-hmm. I on every single day. Of course. We had reporters over at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. The day of the verdicts, I was on the air for uh, mm-hmm. nonstop for a while. Um, so when they say we're going to share what the media won't sh- tell you, I'm like, oh, what is it exactly that I wasn't telling people? And I was curious about that. And it starts off with a lot of the body cam footage of... Uh, the murder of George Floyd, and I mean, watching that starts is with horrific. the with the arrest. Yeah, with no, the it arrest. starts with the arrest yes. of mm-hmm. George Outside Floyd Cup again. Foods. If he, he's at Cup Foods, mm-hmm. he tries to uh, use a, a fake twenty dollar bill. Cops are called, mm-hmm. and he's sitting in a car mm-hmm. with other people. And Thomas Wayne, mm-hmm. police officer, approaches the car in a very aggressive manner. Mm-hmm. Um, Has his gun drawn? Yep. Within a few seconds yep. of talking, mm-hmm. and immediate uh, was it's what struck me was the first words out of or some of the first words out of uh, George Floyd's mouth are, I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. immediately he sure. starts apologizing. And he, he is a very large man. 
Right. Um, but he immediately, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he is and hysterical. He is uncooperative, uncooperative and hysterical. Come on, man. Don't make me get in the yep. car. Don't Come on. I, I didn't do anything. Yep. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, my mom died. I, you know, like he's, he's already knows he's probably in trouble for something mm-hmm. or clearly a little bit out of it. The, the, when he, when the, it was called in, it said that he's awfully drunk. Well, it seemed like maybe he was on something. Right. And, and they asked him if he was on something, and he said right. no. Can I just stop you there, though? Yeah, go ahead. What we're talking about, what you're talking about? Yeah. This is, there, there's nothing new here, right? You're absolutely right. And that's right. the thing when people mm-hmm. were to ask, to talk to me and said, you got to watch it because there's new stuff here. Okay, I'm watching that. Mm-hmm. I've seen that body cam footage. Correct. I watched it all. And so we get through that. It's very uncomfortable to watch. It's hard to watch. Awful. You're screaming in your mind, thinking, God, if this would have happened, if this would have happened, yes. this, we wouldn't have had. Mm-hmm. Those horrible days in May of 2020. Mm-hmm. And Derek I found Chauvin, myself saying, get up, get up. Derek like, Chauvin would still be a cop, it. for better or mm-hmm. worse. Those mm-hmm. cops would still be on the job. They wouldn't be in prison. George Floyd may or may not be still alive. Who the knows? The third precinct would not have burned. Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but again, we've seen all that. Uh, I find it interesting that the body cam footage stops before the 8 minutes and 46 seconds. It does. And we don't see that those moments. We've seen them all. I mean, everybody's seen those. And if you watch it in its entirety mm-hmm. for that eight minutes, that's hard to watch, too. Mm-hmm. Okay? So get through that. And, again, and I watch then it brings up the, the arrest and the trial, uh, George Floyd's autopsy, um, the, the questions there, the questions about prosecutors uh, who's, you know, are meeting and saying, well, this doesn't fit what we want to charge Derek Chauvin with. It, here's the thing, and I'm just, I'm just – documentaries are documentaries. Documentaries – are not meant to be true pieces of objective nonfiction. I don't care what the documentary is. Mm-hmm. We all love, I love documentaries. Love. But I also, lo- I love documentaries, and I understand that there's a producer, there's reporters who are, pro- pro- and... And possibly an agenda. Possibly an agenda. Possibly. Or at least a bias that of we try, if you're objective, you try not to have, but we all have them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also entertainment. Mm-hmm. Documentaries are they're not true pieces of news. Mm-hmm. So that being said, uh, what I watched, I, there was nothing really revolutionary. No, the stuff that they claim the media didn't show you. I will share some of that. Uh, for example, uh, there there was a, a time when Alexander King, one of the officers also who was implicated in this, yeah, serving uh, got, time in prison. He is in prison. Got into the ambulance. Now we we know that George Floyd was already dead at this point. Got into the ambulance and started like compressions because the EMT worker said, you know, can you start compressions? So Alexander King did that. And that was apparently revolutionary. Like it, no one ever told you that he started compressions. Well. Okay, like that didn't change here or there. The man was still dead. And whether or not Alexander King tried to save his life or not, good. That's kind of his job. But it doesn't change any of the facts of the case. So that was not interesting to me as like Mm -hmm. something that we didn't tell you. I mean, I didn't think about that before. Maybe we assumed that they started compressions because EMT was there to start compressions. So I think their agenda was to make us feel like Alexander King was trying to help. I'm not sure what they were alleged allegedly saying. Something else they also said the media never tells you is that um, Derek Chauvin was not the arresting officer. Well, we knew that because it was, wasn't it Total and Alexander King who first met him at his car? 
Uh, it was Thomas Lane and Alexander King. Thomas Lane Mm -hmm. and Alexander King. Thomas Lane, I believe, is the first one to approach him. Is that right? Yes. So um, they're saying what they never told you was that Alexander King, who is also black, was the arrest, allegedly the arresting officer or what have you. Like, we all Like that somehow absolves. Like like that somehow absolves. If he's black and two cows Asian, that somehow absolves. Like this is not. That, 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 you're missing the right. argument. That's right. relying on you just simply saying, well, this is just race baiting and it's just white cop, black That's, man, dead. Yeah. That's not it. We mentioned the they larger were all issue. there. Right. Yeah, we, they were all there. We knew he was black. I just want to interrupt because this is a text we got, and this is exactly the point I'm making. Here's the texter. Mm-hmm. I want you both to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you both were glued to this when it all happened, but with an open mind, and let's say that you don't know much about what happened, okay. if you only saw this documentary, would your opinion be any different? 100% yes, that's what I'm saying, is if you had no uh, concept of the case, mm-hmm. and I hope you do if you live here, mm-hmm. or if you only paid attention to certain parts of the trial, or if in your mind you already kind of made up what you thought and you watched this documentary, it would absolutely reinforce what you think. Yes. But if you paid attention, and I'm not saying, I'm not criticizing anybody for not being glued into every second mm-hmm. of the trial. It was hard to watch. It was hard to cover. It's very painful, but it was very open. We had meet cameras in that courtroom, and you can argue all you want about what should have been allowed and what should not have been allowed by Judge Peter Cahill or the jury or prosecutors. Prosecutors are trying to get a man convicted. It's their case that they're putting forward. You can argue all you want. That's why we have courts of appeals and the Supreme Court. His mother is interviewed, Derek Chauvin's mother. I, if I was the mother of Derek Chauvin or the, if that's my daughter, I am screaming too. What a sham. Are you kidding me? But that's why we have appeals. And guess what? Derek Chauvin has tried to appeal his trial many, many times and his convictions. And at, to this point, even up to the U.S. Supreme Court, those appeals have been denied. So uh, the, the, the media won't tell you. The prosecutors won't tell you. If you're paying attention close enough, and again, who in their lives had time to sit down every day and watch that trial? Who wanted to do mm-hmm. that other mm-hmm. than the people who were covering it? Mm-hmm. And, but to say this is some grand conspiracy that I, I, I just I, I don't buy it. And, and I, I don't want this. Were there, there are lots of criticisms, including let me add this. I fully 100% agree and feel for those cops who were in the oh, third precinct yes. when My they God. let that thing burn down. And that was an absolute failure by this city and the governor, whoever made the decision to say, you know what, we're just going to pull out and let them take over that precinct as a symbolic measure or whatever it was. It's just a building that phrase. That was a horrible, horrible mistake, and it should never have gone down mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. They should have defended that precinct. They should have gotten yes. National Guard members mm-hmm. in. Yes. To protect that, because yes. that I remember, I'll yes. never forget where I was when I saw that. And I said, "That's a police building burning down, mm-hmm. and how has it come to it was this?" Devastating. Not to say that those people screaming in the streets had every right to do that, and that emotion came from a real place. Mm-hmm. But that was a moment that I think was a failure of this city and the state, frankly, to let that happen. And I feel for those cops who were in there, and I do not doubt for a second that they feared for their lives mm-hmm. and they feared, well, am I going to make it out of here? Mm-hmm. I, um, there were two things, because uh, you said you try to go in with an open mind, but we're human, so we have a bias. And also, Adam and I are deeply invested in this story. We covered it every day. I was on the air here. It, it was a horrific thing, a scar uh, on, on Minneapolis. 
um, there were two things that really stuck out to me. They really harped on George Floyd's history, his past drug yeah. convictions, his past drug right. selling or his his past use. And yeah, OK, I mean, that's that is a fact that is a I mean, that is a thing to know about George Floyd. But what made me realize that I wasn't watching anything objective, which I knew going in, but I wanted to have an open mind was there was no backstory about Derek Chauvin's history mm-hmm. of police abuse. Right. Which, Nothing. There was no yep. history about how he was, uh, you know, got written right. up. And, and maybe, again, the union protected him, mm-hmm. which we know from actual consequences of that. But it doesn't doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. So, again, if you're going to claim that George Floyd has a history of drug abuse and that's what caused his death, you also have to claim that jo- Derek if Chauvin that history, had a history of If that of history abuse. is relevant, so is Chauvin's history. So is Chauvin's history. Which, again, leads me to the point that this is... Meant for a certain audience. Exactly. And that it exactly. succeeds with that certain audience, and that's, that's fine. And that's... the other thing that my mind was changed about, and I'm just going to be totally honest and vulnerable with you guys because I did think this a lot. The police force is down now, 300-plus people, yes, after is. the murder of George Floyd and, and the conviction. And we saw some of those officers in this uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. It, some of those officers that were, worked in the 3rd yep. and watched their precinct burn And I thought, well, the officers that left, this is Jordana before the documentary. I thought the officers that left, well, they must be the racist ones. They must be the ones. It's a lot of racists. Right, right. And and honestly, I I had it in the back of my head thinking, well, okay, they're not going to be protected by the union anymore. Bob Kroll is out. He can't protect them. There's not going to be a culture of bullying and 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 they left because maybe they had charges against them that they might be accountable for or or they want to abuse power. I, I did think that in the back of my head. But after watching this documentary and seeing those good cops mm-hmm. that just wanted to do good for the community, yeah. in the community. Well, years, and wanted years, decades right, into the community. Right. I like I get chills talking about this. It's a fake emotion because, coming from those right, cops. I really my heart goes out to those cops that were caught in this kind of crossfire, that saw parts of the city burned, that saw their precinct burned, that also felt unsupported. Mm-hmm. I support police, and I do. I never wanted to get rid of policing altogether. We need police. But when I saw these real people, these cops, I, my heart went out to them, and I realized these are not racist cops. These are cops that some of them, you know, some, maybe some were, but felt abandoned by the leadership, and I... And what's sad is that those cops that are good, that have now PTSD, which rightfully so, um, are no longer on the force. And I did feel sad for them that this ended many of their careers. So that did help open my eyes mm-hmm. to the kind of people uh, that were, you know, people in blue that um, I think were collateral damage yeah. of this. And uh, I'm glad I watched it, especially for that, because yeah. I have a lot more of empathy and compassion uh, for these police officers. And maybe some were the racist ones that, you know, didn't want to, you know, didn't want to stop bullying people. But these other ones that I saw, I thought, wow, these are real people. And I, I just felt horrible for them. Uh, 1150 uh, WCCO. We didn't even get to the part about the hold that Derek Chauvin had him in, the knee on the neck. Which was a big part of it, which Huge. is a lot of people who came to me and asked me about the documentary brought yeah. up the fact that they said that, you know, the chief of police lied. Right. And I'd have to look back at exactly what he said, but I think that's a semantics thing saying when you show a picture of Derek Chauvin and what he was doing, is that in the police training? I think the answer was no from the chief, mm-hmm. meaning that what he was doing was not part of the training. Well, then they go into the training, training that he manual. received, including... 
uh, Chauvin's mother had his training books mm-hmm. and this MTE, this mm-hmm. I forget the, what that stands for yeah. specifically, but that move they were saying suggesting is, and I would argue it's not because what we saw in the photos in the training manuals was not exactly what he was doing. He was putting his full weight on his knee, and yes, and I, I just don't. And in the training manuals, it's two legs. Like one is on the upper back, the shoulder yeah. blade, and one is on the lower back. And let's not forget again, eight minutes, over eight minutes, and he lost consciousness at some point. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is that in the training manual too? That you, and I know they were saying, well, it's until the ambulance arrives. They have to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even if he's unconscious and totally unresponsive. Right. Again, it was extreme. This had an agenda, but we did want to address that also because what I saw Derek Chauvin doing was not the same move as I recognized in the manual. And you can decide for, again, you can decide for yourself on that, but I don't think the documentary necessarily proved that it was trained or that Madaria Arredondo lied. And I think it makes it tougher for for the current police chief, uh, Brian O'Hara, who we've been able to talk to a couple times, who I have faith in that Mm -hmm, he can... Bring this department back to a good stature and hopefully hire more cops, get people on the streets. I'd want but to But I think it makes, it makes the job harder. It so. does. It does. All right. Uh, 11.55. That is your Lindis Construction time check. Time to invest in a complimentary attic inspection. Let's do an update on our poll. Okay. So we asked, is this a time that you should be watching your weight or do you say... Screw it. It's the holidays. Mm-hmm. I don't That's care. Right. I'll get to it in January. I'll get back on the get back on the straight and narrow in January. So right now, Adam, I have 58% say screw it, go nuts. Mm-hmm. And 42% uh, still trying to eat well, so they're not they don't feel so bad come Jan 1. Yeah, that's not surprising to me, yeah. I guess. I think there's still a lot of people who say, you know, anytime because for a lot of people, like me included, if I just say that and throw it out the window and say, oh, "I'm just going to go nuts." It's hard, so much harder for me to come January, whatever, 3rd or 4th, because then it becomes, eh, I guess I'll get to it in uh, February, or I'll get mm-hmm. to it in March. Mm-hmm. It becomes that much harder, especially at this age in, like, you know, overcoming the uh, temporary abuse you've given to your body. Makes it harder, my friend. But also, who cares? Yeah. No one needs a flat stomach at 50. I know you're not 50 yet, but come on. Yeah. No, I don't have a flat stomach, that's for sure. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 